0: I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. No, no, no. This is gonna be huge. Three sixty in the contract. Never that. i just take the contact, I'll bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that this that this that jerk with the back in the house And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member at MavsMoneyBall.com, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Mavs win, baby. We're on a winning streak. Wow, the first one since Harrison Barnes' last game as a Maverick.
1: That sucks. I walked through the gift shop tonight, and... They had Dennis Smith Jr. in Harrison Barnes you, jerseys. You, you
0: flew through the hangar. You landed in the hangar. You touched down. I, yes, in the hangar. I landed. I landed and <laughs> rolled into the hangar. And they should have somebody at the front. The person at the front that that makes sure people don't leave with stuff. You know how there's always a person standing at either yes. door because there's two doors at the hangar. You can walk all the way through it. It's kind of like a, it's essentially a hallway. <laughs> the hangar inside the arena. Yes, right. Which is the the Mavs team shop. They should have that person with those orange lights.
1: Just like, like a, a headgear head on, yes. Uh, anyway, they had Harrison Barnes, Dennis Smith Jr. Uh, jersey, seventy-five percent off. So,
0: which one would like you rather go. have, Harrison? Well, I, I knew you would, but which which one would Mavs fans rather have? Mm, probably Dennis, I guess. People love Dennis. Which one? Okay, if you had to guess, which one was most likely to come back at some point? Harrison. Interesting.
1: Yeah. Harrison, for sure. Ninety-five uh, percent, Harrison. <laughs> well, did, do I, I have a hot take?
0: At some Ooh, point. I'm ready for it. Wait, wait, maybe, maybe today is not the day.
1: No, 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 no. Today is not the day. We have yeah. such a because we have well, such a
0: full podcast. Like this, we literally had seven topics, and we we said, okay, well, we are just gonna have to push some of those to tomorrow. So tomorrow, know, that, we will yes. share. I have all the audio from the Steve Nash uh, interview from from the game today. So we have all that we're going to do on tomorrow's podcast. We also have audio from Cuban before the game about Dirk and, you know, the, the potential final days of Dirk. Uh, and Steve Nash may have spilled the beans on Dirk. So, <laughs> so we'll, uh, we'll share that tomorrow because uh, we wanted to get to this stuff today. And I didn't do a disclaimer at the beginning of the podcast, but we are going to talk about the Borzinga situation. There is a huge, like massive <laughs> ESPN article that came out about it. Woj did all the reporting, just all of it, and, it's, and he presented it to us, and so we're going to take all the information that we got from that, all the new information that we got, and we're going to share all of that, and then uh, and then we'll talk about the game against the 76ers. The Mavericks, like Isaac said, are on a winning streak, and they've won two games in a row against playoff teams, and there's so many parallels between these two teams, the, the Sixers and the Thunder, and so we're going to talk about those after we talk about the Porzingis stuff. So if you don't want to hear about the Porzingis stuff, I don't know, it'll probably last maybe 10 minutes or so. You can skip forward to that if you are uh, maybe uncomfortable with this topic. Some people, you know, this this strikes a nerve with them. So, uh, Or maybe you're just sick of hearing about it and you don't want to. So uh, we totally understand that. And so that's why we let you know. So, okay. Here's the reporting that we got from ESPN. ESPN obtained a series of text messages between the woman and Porzingis, as well as emails between her and the Knicks. The texts and emails portray a woman who wanted to pursue a romantic relationship with Porzingis in the aftermath of the alleged assault in February, 2018, but who also wanted him to honor what she says was a commitment to contribute $68,000 to a college fund for her brother. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> very, very interesting. Um, I, I'm not going to pretend like I understand, you know, a victim mentality, but this woman trying to have a relationship with Borzigas after all this happened is very interesting to me. Um, when, when all the information comes out, I'm, I'm sure we'll have somebody on to talk about that, that that understands it, but but neither of us understand that mentality. So we're not going to try to speculate, but I just found that an interesting idea. Um, ESPN attempted to reach out to the attorney for the woman, but they were unsuccessful. That was also kind of interesting to me that they weren't able to contact her attorney or her. She, she declined to comment as well. Um, in the alleged agreement, the woman wrote, quote, this agreement effective February 7th, 2018 acknowledges the the fact that an unexpected escalated sexual intercourse due to an inevitable physical attraction on the part of Kristap sick occurred subsequently warrants compensation payable towards the woman's sibling's college tuition in the amount of $68,000. Okay, I read that as well as I could. I literally didn't mess up any of the words. This is the the agreement that this woman says that she had (laughs) Kristaps sign. She spelled his name wrong. His name was spelled C- or K-R-I-S-T-A-P-S-I-C. Uh, and she used all those words that don't necessarily make sense in a row uh, in the agreement. The, the agreement went on to say Mr. Kristapsik Chris, Chris willingly offered several compensations to the woman, including businesses, business investments. The woman ultimately settled with Mr. Kristapsik's offer of a $68,000 check. So this is what the woman says is, is her her agreement. She said that that Porzingis and her agreed on this. They they wrote it all out. He signed it. She signed it, and um, and that's what that's what she is claiming at this point. Uh, the ESPN article says in a statement to ESPN on Sunday, Rio Pelli, a Rio Pell, which is Porzingis' attorney, said Mr. Porzingis denies signing the alleged gr- contract, which he believes is a forgery. When asked to produce the original contract for handwriting analysis, the complaint. The complainant did not decline to do so. So she wouldn't give it up, didn't have the original or whatever. Um, It's, I I was thinking about this and I was, I was thinking it would be really easy to forge an athlete signature. If you just got an autograph from something and either put it on to, you know, put it onto something or just practiced it a lot and were able to, to get an athlete signature. I don't know. I wonder if back in the day that people used to do this a lot, that would have been interesting. Um, In her correspondence with the Knicks, the woman included a photograph that she showed hair loss and broken nose cartilage from when he repeatedly hit me. That's that's a quote from her. Several days after the alleged encounter, the woman wrote that she had to pay about $10,000 for corrective surgery. That was new information that we didn't know yet, um, that we just found out, and uh, is also kind of interesting, that $10,000 for corrective surgery... um, Hair loss and broken nose cartilage, that's, I mean, that's just brutal. That is, uh, man, like how how much would you have to, to to beat somebody or, you know, pull on, you know, a nose ring or something to, to get that um, broken nose cartilage, man. <laughs> okay. In an October 30th, 2018 email to the Knicks, the woman wrote, after the extremely aggressive encounter, he was very ap- apologetic, loving, and caring. Hence the offer he made to pay my little bro's tuition plus more. Although how he treated me was horrendous, as a Knicks fan, I do not want him to get in any trouble with the law. I stayed back and enjoyed the rest of the time I spent with him. It's crucial to note the fun times I had with him doesn't negate the fact that he offered to compensate me as a soothing gift, even though I didn't ask him to. That's a direct quote from, from the woman. Um, she sent that in an email to the Knicks. There was also talk between her and the Knicks. She tried to, to you know, when, when the Porzingis situation When she couldn't get the money from Porzingis, she also went to the Knicks, and you know tried to, um, to talk to them to mediate. (laughs) She wanted the the article is titled "Woman Wanted Knicks to Mediate with Porzingis." So she basically went to his employer and said that you know he's not doing this. Uh, Can you force him to do it? She said no. Uh, Another piece of information: the woman said she stayed out with Porzingis until, or she stayed with Porzingis until 11 a.m. the day after the alleged assault, which also. goes with the the first bit of information that she wanted to have a relationship with him afterwards. All this new information, again, same thing we said yesterday, uh, wait till all of it comes out. The stuff that came out today, in my opinion, does push towards this being not a true story. However, we, we will never know. The same thing I said yesterday is true today. We will never know what happened on February 7th, 2018 in Porzingis' apartment. I mean, unless they have footage, unless they have another witness, unless they have anything else, it's a he said, she said. He said he was drunk, and so we don't even know if we can trust his opinion on it. So we'll never know what happened that day. Um, the rest of this stuff, the you know, the extortion, you know, side of it, the idea that she's has this this letter and all this stuff, we uh, can poke some holes into that for sure. But the actual event, we cannot, we can't discredit it yet. There's nothing that's come out to say that we we can discredit this situation with Porzingis so far. At least that's a, that's just my personal opinion so far. Okay, and that's all the, the new information that we got, at least from the ESPN article. Take that as you will. Take that information. Again, don't try to rush your judgment. You don't have to comment on it. All that stuff, all the stuff we said yesterday is true today.
1: Yeah, uh, the ESPN story this morning was a, a a big one for the story. And like we said on yesterday's pod, we've been just like you guys, uh, you listeners out there who have just been uh, waiting back, getting information that drops Online or on Twitter, or uh, and waiting for new information to come from it. That's we're all in just information seeking mode at this point, and uh, I think everybody is like beyond fans. I think everybody involved is just seeking out more information about it. That obviously uh, led into the game tonight, or, or the game last night against uh, Philly and Dallas. Uh, with Cuban and Donnie not going to the game in Oklahoma city uh, you know Cuban does his uh, routine before every single game uh, of shooting and everything uh, uh, on the court and uh, and that was the most media that I've seen waiting for him to get done with that uh, probably that I've ever seen I mean there were so much media. like normally I mean five or six of us max to talk to him sometimes after he shoots and there was probably a good 20 25
0: cuz that's well uh, before the game.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I mean it's like 2 hours before the game, something like that. And uh um and no I just got the, I, I could yeah. You know, I normally don't get there that early sometimes, but today I did and so I was like, "Oh, okay, I'll go hear what he has to say." And um he was obviously asked about it. That was pretty much all the questions he was asked and very, and he was very straightforward to the media. I can't comment on this. There's nothing I'm going to say about this. Um, he spelled nothing and, uh, he tried to at least. Um, and he said, you know, he just wouldn't comment on it. He was, he was advised. Uh, he said, quote, federal authorities uh, told him not to comment on it. And, um, the only thing that he would say with it is to, uh, do your homework and have common sense. And that, that was his only thing of saying, you know, as far as to the media and to people, uh, whenever you're coming to uh, conclusions on the situation, that that was his input. Uh, Rick Carlisle was obviously asked about it again before the game in his pregame press conference. And he uh, had the same type of answer, saying, hey, I, I don't have a comment with that uh, on the situation. He was asked if it was a distraction around the team. He had a funny response to that. And he said, uh, no, uh, did it look like we had a distraction last night, uh, referring to the Oklahoma City game and, uh, yeah, um, uh, that it was not a distraction to the team. One thing I tweeted this out that I thought, uh, I thought was, um, I don't know. I, I thought it just held some weight of uh, that. Somebody asked him if he he talked to, uh, to Chris Stapps before before the okc man or after or something uh and he said yeah you know he talked to him about it he told porzingis hey i said this to the media i told them that you're not with the team right now that was obviously pre-planned they talked about that he said but i also told the media that uh, if you wanted to take some time off you could and i think what porzingis did with that would kind of shed some light just on the situation or at least a little bit, uh, but he said that when, as soon as he told Porzingis that, that Porzingis responded with, no, I, I want to be with the team and I want to be practicing, and I think it does speak volumes to it that Porzingis was there, he was there tonight, uh, he was in a suit, he was there on the bench, he was with his teammates, he was celebrating everything, he's not, you um, you know, he could have just left, you know, left the team for a bit. And the team obviously would have granted that and just say, Hey, you know, he could have laid low and just take you know time away from the team. And as the situation unfolds, but he said, no, I want to be around the team. I want to be with the team practicing. I'll sit there on the the front row with the team. And, um, yeah, so he didn't shy away from that. So yeah, there's no big things before the game. Everybody's going to Everybody, including, you know, the team and stuff, is just in information mode right now, just like we are. So,
0: Exactly. Trying to gather information, trying to figure out what happened, and uh, I'm sure there will be, you know, a conclusion to this at some point. <laughs> uh, again, like I said, the, the incident maybe we will never know what happened, but there will be some kind of um, conclusion to this whole story. All right, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll talk about the Dallas Mavericks versus the Philadelphia 76ers. But before we do that, the Locked On Mavericks podcast is sponsored by Wyze. Wyze is the indoor camera that does it all. Wyze is packed with premium features that allows you to see everything from anywhere for only 20 bucks Not 20 bucks a month, just straight up 20 bucks. It's 1080 full HD images so clear that you won't miss a thing. Night vision, two-way audio, and a free rolling 14-day cloud storage, which is massive if you have some kind of incident. Or even if it's not some kind of burglary or robbery or something like that, you can just tell which kid actually did the thing that they said that they their brother or sister did. And you can go back and check the 14-day cloud storage. It's rolling. Uh, you can watch your kids destroy your house. You can bird watch. You can uh, watch your food. If you want to go in another room and do something else, you can watch your food uh, right on your phone. They have an app for it. And if you want to do uh, if you want to get more for it, $10 more. The WISE campaign gives you 360 degree coverage in under three seconds. I'm so gonna do a quick spin, three seconds, boom, all the way around, and you can check all the way around uh, the area that you want to look at. Wise is spelled W-Y-Z-E.com slash locked. You can go there, get the indoor camera, 20 bucks. You can put a whole bunch of them around your house, watch it straight from your phone, the live stream, get the 14-day rolling cloud storage wise.com slash locked, W-Y-Z-E, wise.com slash locked. All right, Isaac, the Mavericks took down the 76ers, 122 to 102. Uh, Joel Embiid did not play, Jimmy Butler did not play, and the Sixers, I mean, their depth really showed. I mean, you make trades like this for Jimmy Butler, you make trades for Tobias Harris, your your depth kind of, you lose guys, right? Like, Landry Shamit's gone. that lost of two, uh, you know, younger guys in Covington and Dario Saric. And now all of a sudden, if these two guys are out of the lineup, your squad is just pretty weak at that point. Yeah, I
1: mean, uh, Jimmy Butler's uh, averages like 17 points a game. Embiid's like 26, 27, 27 yeah. points. I mean, uh, obviously you play you have to replace those two. And even though you have Tobias Harris, Ben Simmons, it's gonna be a um, tough. But they probably viewed it as, hey, this Mavericks team uh, is in the lottery. They might not be, I'm just talking about from other teams that I might be looking at and saying Dallas might not want to be winning right now. But it's these type of teams and this type of talent and lineup is where Rick Carlisle really kind of uh, shows who he is as a coach because he does get, it uh, can take, I would say that Philly might have the more uh, talented team, but he takes these with Luca and everybody out he he can make it all work and he made it work again. They had it all clicking tonight and it's cool to see you know in OKC it was Trey Burke and tonight it was Salah and Justin Jackson and that was uh, that was super cool. super what a third quarter by Justin
0: Jackson. oh my gosh. Justin Jackson, man, 24 points, six boards, three assists. We've talked about his floater game a lot. Uh, he hit a couple of threes tonight. He hit three of his three of his six threes. And, uh, man, Justin Jackson just he, – he can score 20 every once in a while. And you just see it in these flashes that Justin Jackson can be a piece. And I feel like the Mavericks will, will keep him after. After this performance and then just this last couple of weeks, I feel like Justin Jackson has proved enough that he can be – At least a contributor off the bench going forward. Well, every team
1: needs guys like these guys. Like this is, we said this a few weeks ago that Justin Jackson's the number one player I'm watching the rest of the season because we got to see what he is and what he can prove. Because if Justin Jackson can prove to be the wing version of like a Jalen Brunson, maybe. I'm higher on Jalen Brun- but if he can be like a reliable wing that you're like, man, that's a solid piece to come off the bench. That is huge for the Mavericks because he's still on this rookie deal. He makes 2.8 this year. He makes 3.2 million next year. And then he has the, um, what is it? The team option for the following year, 5 million. If he can give you what he like a version of what he gave you tonight against Philadelphia, that's going to be huge. Having these guys on, on rookie contracts, when, you, when you're spending money on the Porzingis, Luka, free agents of the world, having these role players that are young on rookie contracts, it makes the world of a difference. And
0: this is a concept I've talked about a lot uh, last season, and I guess some this season, but... Uh, this is a Mike Lombardi from The Ringer and who used to be in the Patriots front office. This is one of his sayings is that you have 25% players, 50% players, 100% players, and all other all kinds of percents. You have guys like, like Luca's going to bring it 100% of the time. Every single night, he's going to give you something. He's going to give you some kind of production. Then you have guys like Justin Jackson, who I feel like is kind of a 25% guy. Every fourth game, you're going to get something really good like this. Then you'll have a couple games here and there where he just doesn't have it. And that's why Justin Jackson isn't on the level of, you know like a Jimmy Butler or a Paul George or guys like that he can score 20 every once in a while but he can't score 20 every single night and or like Dirk we talked about his consistency before how Dirk has you know all these 20 point games and he's just consistent every single night he can just drop buckets there are, Dirk was obviously a 100% player then you have you know the 25% players the 50% players and that's what Justin Jackson is and if you get enough of those 50% 25% players one of them will hit every night and you have your 200% players and Luka and Porzingis and they'll just, you know, you know, you just need one or two of those extra role player guys.
1: Yeah, and and that's it. You know, we need shooting around these guys. And Justin Jackson was three for six tonight, shot fifty percent from three. He can hit the outside shot. It's just him adjusting to being in Dallas. This is obviously his best game in Dallas. I wonder. This is what I. This is what I kind of want. I wonder if he continues. If he finishes the season really strong. Does he play into anything of how they approach Finney Smith this offseason? I think in a perfect world, you say, man, I'd love to have them both back. But if it came down to, will Justin Jackson be in the back of their mind if somebody throws a decent little offer at Finney Smith?
0: Yeah, I think it goes into the – the it fits into the equation this way. If he does get a – Dorian Finney Smith does get a bigger deal, they don't feel as – cap struck to you know to to keep him. They're not like, yeah. okay, we need to keep Dorian Finney Smith else All of a sudden, we have no wings. They have at least one more option. Do I think it will affect them to the point where they they can just let Dorian Finney Smith go? No, I don't think that he's at yeah, yeah, that point way. yet, but it it could factor in to say that he's not a complete necessity at this point.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I feel exactly the same way. And Jalen Brunson <sighs> I when I wrote that piece on him a while back, about I guess a month ago, that super long piece just about his rookie season and Villanova and just what he means to this team and how the front office feels about him. I was really hesitant on how I ended that piece because I got to the point at the end of the piece where I said I said he it's not just about Luca in this draft. It's about them landing two cornerstones. And when I wrote the word cornerstone, I was hesitant on using that word because that's a bigger word. Like, And to call Brunson a cornerstone piece, uh, I know there's a lot of people probably listening and say oh, I wouldn't go there yet with him. And I'm not saying he's on the same level as, as Luke at all. Like, Luke just has the superstar face of the league type of potential. But I am all in on Jalen Brunson. And I think that he is a cornerstone piece. I think he is a building block piece. And... As much as hype and, and excitement we have about Luka being here, they hit an absolute grand slam with Jalen Brunson at 33. And no matter how big of a believers Michael Finley in the front office was about Brunson coming in, he's exceeded everything. He's been amazing, outstanding. He can play alongside Luka. And he gives them roster flexibility on how they want to build this summer more than they probably even imagined. Because he can be your, your backup point. And there's some scenarios which he could play off Luca, depending on what free agents they get and stuff too. So you just can't. Yeah, the plays he had the other night against OKC, it was outstanding. And I have a question. And so I asked out this specific question before the game because there's a lot of talk right now. We I've gotten tweets. I know Nick's gotten tweets of, oh my gosh, they won again. This is so stupid. The tank standings and all this stuff. And I asked Carlisle before the game, I said, what does those big plays in that big win against OKC, what does that do for the development for somebody like Jalen Brunson, because that's why I'm anti-tank. That's why I, I lean towards I love these victories because these wins and winning basketball, those plays of Jalen Brunson and OKC, this this that third quarter for Justin Jackson and this win tonight against Philadelphia are two good playoff teams that we're gonna see make it, you know, maybe far in the playoffs. These are guys that you want to be growing as players to be key rotational pieces, and wins matter. Wins matter to their development. And he answered that question, and he said, oh, man, that win was huge for them. It, it is such a confidence builder for Jalen Brunson and those guys. Going into it, going into that OKC game, he said, we know how hard they they are to play, the, how how strong and fast and stuff they are. And he, he I just, I showed that, or I, you know show the quote to Nick a little bit ago and he said there was an excitement around that win against OKC in the locker room after the game that they were so pumped up as a team and so excited as a team he said he has not seen excitement after a win since the 2011 championship than the excitement that they felt as a locker room after that after that win against OKC because and he, he mentioned Luka being out, Porzingis being out. It was like their backs were, were against the wall, and they knew they were facing this OKC team that was stacked with talent. And yet they went in there and it won. And it was on Jalen Brunson's back at the end of the game. Those games matter. Those moments matter to development. And when you get those moments for Jalen Brunson, Justin Jackson tonight, that's what it will pay the dividend. You'll reap the harvest next year when these guys are key role players around your stars. Exactly. Now I just feel like I'm just preaching a Mav sermon at this point.
0: And that's what that's what you do, that's your thing, that's your shtick. That and that's the, my shtick. the percentages aren't that different. I mean, you the, they they pushed the lottery, you know, they flattened the the lottery odds so that tanking wouldn't matter as much, and it honestly doesn't. I mean, right now they're tied for six with Memphis, um, and it's just it's a couple percentage points here or there, and just. If they win a game and then Memphis ends up getting the number 1 pick, you'll say or if they if they lose all their games and then Memphis gets the number 1 pick, you'll be like, "Oh, dang, we should have won a couple of games cuz then we would have been in Memphis's spot and they ended up getting the
1: <laughs> Where I have issues where where I'd understand some of it is if you're rolling out players that will not have a chance at all being on your team next year. But you're talking about Justin Jackson and Jalen Brunson against OKC. Like these guys are going to be key rotational pieces, or at least you hope next season uh, to where if it's like the fourth quarter and, you know, it's, well, I can't use that name because that person just reached out to you.
0: Oh, my gosh. How many times do I have to edit this podcast, Isaac? I didn't say their name.
1: You can leave that in there. I didn't say their name.
0: No, I got to <laughs> take it out now.
1: Well, just if it's, if there's people that you don't think that might not be on the team next year, that that's where it's like, Oh, okay. But if it's like going towards the development of some of these guys who are going to be key rotational pieces, that's when it, it, I think it really does matter. And, that was a heck of a game tonight. It was so much fun to watch. It was fun watching Salah hit threes and everything. <laughs> and I tweeted out how much how much fun it was and somebody responded and said, What are you talking about? This isn't fun. Have you looked at the tank standing? I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah. no, I can't. Forget no, this about forget about
0: the tank standings at this point. I mean
1: Yes, this is fun. The team loves Salah. I want Salah on the
0: team next year. He better be on the team. Low key Tankathon may have ruined the NBA fan experience. Hey, there's some hot takes (laughs) around that. I
1: enjoy. I I go to Tankathon. I I like the simplicity of their site. I I love all of that. But I think you do have a point with that. That it has changed. Yes, that's a long, deeper road, and I'm glad you made that comment.
0: It's a huge conversation because it goes into the idea of the education of fans has ruined the fan experience to an extent. You, You you get more info than ever before. Like 20 years ago, there was not you know. Random little guys like me doing these long deep down deep dive videos into all this stats and information and all this film that I've watched and all this stuff and and throw all these videos up on like I do on Free Dawkins and and for every one of me there's like ten or fifteen more guys doing doing the exact same thing and just all this information and synergy stats and there's just all this stuff and now knowing exactly which lottery odds you know is kind of you, you hang on to every game a little bit more but now for in some ways, the wrong reasons, and uh, it, that that knowledge and that education of of the lottery system has sort of swayed it into a way that it's just it's not as fun sometimes. Yeah, it is it's fun given, sometimes it's, though. the 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 Alec Peters game last year was very fun. Yes, it's give and take. It,
1: it adds different aspects to uh, the season and fans. I mean, Bill Simmons, people talk about it all the time, just how much more. Uh, how much smarter fans are nowadays with everything is from all the information in front of them and for us doing this stuff. And, um, but these like these role players that are on the team right now and going through Brunson and Jackson, even some of these players that's been role players on this, on, on the team over the past few years of, of, of Finney Smith and Maxi and Salah. I want to see these guys in the playoffs. Because yes. those are role players that we've talked about before. And even before JJ Perez entry and stuff, how good the bench was. You're like, we used to, we said at the beginning of the season, how, how, how many of these playoff teams would die for this, for this bench? And last year, the you know the Mavericks lost so many games, but their bench was great. And we're like, man, how many playoff teams would die to have Ma- you know Dallas's bench? To where if they had the starters there, they had the players, then their bench was killer. And so I want, yeah, I want to see some of these guys. Keep Salah around. Salah could be one of those guys to where you bring him into a playoff series, and he's like your skinny Andrew Bogut to where he just goes in there and just. Like he gives you a type of energy, a, a a type of I don't give a crap that I'm gonna take up for for our team, and he's fun to root for. Uh, I love him on the team. I want to see these guys in the in the playoffs, and I know we got Salah in the playoffs against. Uh, I guess it was OKC, was it three or four years ago? Oh um, yeah. But still, we have the role players. We especially those handful of guys. And you know that's three guys right there it's where I think if they bring back Salah next year just say, like on a minimum deal I mean that's Jalen, Jackson and you know and Salah that's that's three players that's made on very favorable deals that could you know that should be a roster spots
0: and so, so we mentioned Salah. Salah had 16 points, 14 rebounds, three assists, two blocks. That were absolute just annihilations of the ball. He really, he really shouldn't have hit it out of bounds, though. He really should have tried to keep the ball in bounds a couple times there.
1: That's bringing back an old school joke.
0: <laughs> that was man. That's OG, like, OGs of the pod. Yes, understand that joke. Day ones will understand that joke. Uh, and and Salah also had two threes. Just one of them amazing was amazing. Just the the bounce. <laughs> He had a step back three
1: that he bricked, uh, but the amount of love that the team has for him is so funny. Yes. The amount of joy that the teammates have when he did that step back—I mean, Porzingis and Luca and Hardaway, everybody on the bench was up, just you know, super pumped. Dirk and everything. I tweeted out—I tweeted out during the game. The Mavericks had more players in suits on the bench than actual active players, <laughs> not players, but people. Because you had the coaching staff, and then literally continuing down the coaching staff, you had you had Hardaway, or no, you had Berea, Hardaway, Luca, Porzingus. They all set <laughs> as an extension of the coaching staff, and then the players, poor Kostas was in a suit, but he was like on, on the bench behind the bench. <laughs> but uh but no, yeah, the players absolutely love Salah, and i I, I hope he's on the team next year.
0: I did too. Uh Sala gets one game a year though it feels like. He gets one game. Remember didn't he have like a a, a 12 and 17 game last year or something like that? He had like a crazy rebound. I feel like game. he killed OKC like twice last year. He just has like one game per year that he d- he goes completely nuts. And uh, I felt like this was the Sala game. You can tell your grandchildren that you saw the Sala measuring game.
1: Uh Trey Burke he almost had 30 minutes off the bench, but 16 points, six boards, five assists. He was plus 11 on the night. Another solid night for him. It's a broken record. We've talked about him a lot that uh, he has proved a lot this year. If you go back and listen to the Porzingis trade, I was, th- I was the one on the spot of saying, eh, I just don't know about him. You know, like, I wasn't too, you know, excited about yeah, him. Yeah, I was more excited about him than you were. Yeah, it was just like a throw in. I'm like, okay, whatever about that. He's proved me wrong. Like... This is obviously, yeah. He's proved me wrong. I think he belongs uh, as a key rotational piece, and like I said last pod, I think he deserves more minutes than what he would get in Dallas next year.
0: Yeah, yeah, we're in complete agreement on that. Devin didn't play tonight, which is weird. De- Daryl Macon played instead of Devin. Okay, yeah, that's, that's just true. We got some Daryl making minutes. Uh, some interesting stuff. He is he is very much in love with that mid range jumper. Just that that top of the key. Mid-range jumper, take somebody off the dribble. You know, cut right, cut left. Take yeah, he got some minutes. I mean, he got 23 minutes. I was joking with somebody before the game. I'm
1: like, I wonder where he's at with his 45 days, you know? Because he's been with the team a
0: lot. He just hasn't, like, played, but he's traveled with the team. They don't count travel days anymore. Oh, uh, okay. Remember, Never they tra- remember they changed that this summer? Because last year, we were, we were literally counting the days. Like, we, we would ask like Mavs Motley PR. And- like, I, went, I remember I went to, to Mavs PR one time, and I was like, so who keeps track of all that stuff? And they say, uh, we do. Like, we keep track of, of these these days and stuff. And so he told me the number. And then after that, I tried to keep track of how many. And we got to the, that point. The uh, Remember the, uh, the solid measure game that he had? 16 points, 17 boards. That was not last year, but the year before. And that was against okay. the Philadelphia 76ers. Interesting. Very um, interesting. Very Interesting. Can you, guess who, can you guess who started for that Philadelphia 76ers team? I have no... Moses Malone. <laughs> Okafor, McConnell, Sova, Nick Stauskas, and Timothy Liwala Cabrero.
1: Wow.
0: Wow, what a team. What a team. Um,
1: <laughs> anyway. Ra- random question for you. Why do you think Dallas has not did any 10 days or switched out their two-way contracts?
0: That's that's a longer conversation, I think. Um, it is,
1: but if you think about it, like last year, how many times did I feel like they switched out their two way contracts
0: of Yeah, well, they kept they and, kept Motley the same the whole year, and then they would switch out the other guy. They had
1: Collinsworth, a couple other guys, Jalen Jones. Um, but like I f- a couple years ago, that's when they really did the ten day contracts like uh, with Cook Jonathan and ben Gibson Bentil and, and uh, uh what was the little guy from uh, from Baylor? Pierre Jackson pierre jackson Papa like yeah yeah they yeah uh you know they really utilize the 10-day stuff now or back then so no 10 days right now i mean we literally had costas and daryl macon the whole season and um yeah it's been i mean i like it this way you know it's it's cool but yeah it's a bigger conversation of okay if we bring somebody in, like yogi yogi was a 10-day and then bam boom <laughs> look what Yogi turned into and got the second 10 day. And then he went off and it's everything, but, but yeah, they're keeping the squad together and
0: um, riding it out for sure. And speaking of riding it out, we will be here on the lockdown Mavericks podcast. We'll be back tomorrow. Like I said, we're going to bring a lot of the Steve Nash uh, interview from the broadcast on tomorrow's show. Also some comments from Cuban about Dirk, and we'll just continue to be here every single day on lockdown Mavericks. Peace out. Boom.